It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. After what has happened to South Carolina the last couple weeks against both Arkansas and Georgia, they not only need to defeat Charlotte this coming Saturday, but they need to defeat them convincingly. The question is, Will they do that? I'll discuss my opinions on that today on the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. Our Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, your show for daily headlines and potential storylines on your favorite South Carolina Gamecock sports teams. I'm your host, Andrew Lyon, and as always, thank you once again for making the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts daily. And of course, today is our special game preview edition that we do every single Friday leading into South Carolina's upcoming matchups on Saturday. This week, the Gamecocks are taking on the Charlotte 49ers, who are 1-3 and three on the season. They just got their first win of the season this past weekend against Georgia State after they scored a last-minute touchdown to win, I believe, 42-41. to 41. So, to say that both of these teams are trying to sort of rebound for the rest of this season would definitely be an understatement heading into this ballgame. So, I'm going to go over, of course, one main external factor that I think will be important for this game. In the second segment, I'll go over my three keys to the game for South Carolina to win and accomplish what they need to accomplish. And in the last segment, of course, I will give you all my final overall thoughts and a game prediction. So let's go ahead and get all right into it with the one main external factor. And in my opinion, uh, this one is pretty cut and dry this week. South Carolina has got to get off to a fast start. 
To put it bluntly, the South Carolina Gamecock offense for too long has had a trend of not getting off to good starts in these ballgames. Because obviously, if your offense is doing well, you're probably scoring a lot of points. If you're not scoring any points, then uh, yeah, your offense is obviously stagnant. So in this game, I'm going to go ahead and be honest. The stadium's not going to be full like it was this past Saturday. The fan base, after what happened this past Saturday, are not going to show out in droves for the Charlotte game. I'm not saying, of course, that there's not going to be any fans, quite honestly. You know, I mean, it is going to be a night game in Williams-Brice Stadium, which will, of course, attract a lot of people to come to the stadium for this game. But either way, it's not going to be your sold-out crowd where the entire crowd is just in it from the very start. The crowd in this game... I have to be honest, is going to be in sort of like wait-and-see mode. Like, you know, we'll get excited when we see some really good play. And to be honest, again, you know, they've got some fair reasoning to have that thought process because we just haven't seen a whole lot out of this offense at the beginning of these games. So, South Carolina has got to get off to a fast start. I'll get into more of what they need to do on the field in the second segment of the show. But you got to get this crowd into it. You've got to give the home crowd something to really jump around about. You've got to give them something that is going to give them some hope that this offense can turn a corner. Because right now, there's a decent faction of this fan base that feels like that this offense is going nowhere. Despite the fact that they added so much talent in the offseason. They had a lot of guys who returned from last year's team that had another year of experience, and there was the scheme continuity factor under Marcus Satterfield. And yet, even though they went against really tough opponents like Arkansas and Georgia, the fan base was at least expecting the offense to be respectable in both those games. In Arkansas, they were respectable in certain facets, especially in the passing game more than the rushing game. But against Georgia... They weren't really respectable in any facet whatsoever. Besides the fact, of course, they did give enough effort at the end to where they did score a touchdown. But obviously, it was a garbage time touchdown. Georgia fans would tell you left and right that it was against our third and fourth stringers, which, yeah, uh, no duh. Of course, it was against your third and fourth stringers. But, you know, they at least didn't get shut out. And uh, although that sounds like a moral victory statement right there, you know, really and truthfully, you had to get something out of that game. So... The point being, this offense has got to give this fan base reason to think that there is a chance they could still accomplish everything that this team set out to accomplish this season. How do you do that? Get off to a quick start in this game against Charlotte. Don't mess around with this team. This is a team that you are clearly much more talented than on paper. You've got a lot of playmakers who, against the Charlotte secondary, which again, I'll get into a little bit later on more in depth, is one that is just ripe for the picking for a massive passing day. So, bottom line, the main external factor, the South Carolina Gamecocks on offense have got to get going in a hurry. Put your pedal to the metal and do not let up at the start of this game. If you do that, get the crowd in it, then it could be a long night for the 49ers and a nice bounce-back victory for the South Carolina Gamecocks, one that they desperately need before they get to the next really rough patch on their schedule. So, what are the three keys for South Carolina heading into this football game? What is it that they need to do in order to win so convincingly? Well, I'll get into all of that in just a couple of moments. 
But before I do so, I do need to let y'all know that today's show is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the fantasy app that's the easiest to play and where you can spice up your college football season. The thing that makes Underdog Fantasy different from all the other fantasy apps is the amount of focus and attention that they have put towards their fan user experience. I myself was able to go on the app and easily navigate between all of the pick'em options that they give you, which aren't just for college football either, but for multiple professional leagues like the NFL, Major League Baseball, and much, much more. And if you don't take my word for it, then go look and see what Mark Cuban, Kevin Durant, and Adam Schefter have all done, which is invest their own hard-earned money into this company in underdog fantasy and the best part about joining underdog fantasy is that when you go sign up with the promo code locked on right now underdog will double your first deposit up to $100 which pretty much means if you deposit $100 of your own money they will match that for free so go to underdogfantasy.com or find the underdog fantasy app in the app store or google play store once again that's underdog fantasy promo code locked on Get in on the college football pick'em action today. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Welcome back to today's special game preview edition of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day all right so i talked about the one main external factor to watch in this game getting off to a hot start so that you get the crowd more into it for this saturday night game in williams bryce now let's talk about the three keys to the game for south carolina what are some things that this team needs to try to accomplish in this game despite it being against a low quality opponent at least compared to who they have faced the last couple of weeks The first key for this game, in my opinion, is getting Rattler's confidence in the scheme up. Now, Shane Beamer and Marcus Satterfield have both talked a little bit more recently in the last week or two at their press conferences, saying that they have been incorporating some of the plays that were run at Oklahoma and implemented them into this offense to try and get Spencer Rattler more comfortable with the offense. And... I would say that that is a good sign because, you know, it does say that they're at least listening to him and they're getting some feedback from him and, you know, what he thinks about certain plays, you know, saying, hey, I don't want to run this play. Let's throw this out. Hey, this was a play that, you know, Lincoln Riley ran with me in Oklahoma that I did pretty well with and I think could work well with this scheme and with the personnel that we got. Can we throw this in there a little bit? You know, I think that it is a great sign to hear all of that, but I don't know exactly how much that means if you do not try to have a progression of the passing game in this kind of ball game. What I mean by that is this. It seems like the last couple weeks, we have been trying on this offense to consistently hit deep shots, which don't get me wrong. I don't have an issue with that. We have some really talented playmakers on this offense to where we can take shots down the field. 
But at the same time, in terms of the passing game, we have got to start doing some of the little things in the short passing game, which will sucker a defense more closely to the line of scrimmage, which will then open up the deep passing game more. It kind of feels like to me that we've been doing this in reverse the last couple of weeks, which obviously, again, you know, depending on which offensive coordinator you talk to, you know, that might be the way they like to call their plays. But in terms of just, you know, the way a football game usually operates, how you get your offense in a flow, you know, just from a pure basic standpoint or basic perspective, that doesn't seem like exactly a strategy that is going to work for you more often than not, unless, of course, you do face a team like Charlotte. But I don't think Game Cognition wants to see this offense fall victim to trying to get pass happy in terms of their deep shots. I think that it would be a good idea to call more short passes early on. You know, I know that we've liked to throw some screens a decent amount this season. Throw a couple of those out there. Get some slants going. Get some quick outs going. Do a bunch of different short passing concepts. Get Charlotte's secondary to have to come inside, even though they like to run a lot of soft zone because their secondary is not exactly that great. Get them to at least have to move up enough to where then, if you want to take a deep shot, then go right on ahead. But I think that we sort of need to reverse the order in which this has been performed compared to the last couple of weeks. So get Rattler's confidence up by changing up how you're progressing the passing game and the calls that you are making for that facet of the offense. That's the first key to this game. The second key, you need to get the running game going early and often. On my Monday show this week, one of the things that I was pretty critical about was I feel like that the running game has not been given a fair shot so far this season. Now, week one against Georgia State, we saw the Gamecocks try to establish the running game more often than not. They tried to go to the edge a lot. They did call some inside run plays as well. And admittedly, that was a night in which the Gamecocks just did not see a whole lot of success, mainly because the blocking just did not hold up, especially on those perimeter runs. There was a lot of missed blocks or missed assignments in general by a couple of the wide receivers and tight ends, which, of course, you could also chalk that up to say it was game one against a decent Georgia State football team. You know, mistakes are going to happen. Sometimes you just got to knock off the rust. Maybe it was a new run play that was in the scheme that wasn't in there last year. And maybe it'll just take time to get it down. I would really like to see South Carolina try to go back to their running game this week. Again, against Arkansas and Georgia, for whatever reason, maybe because they felt like they just had to throw the ball a lot in both those games South Carolina just really truthfully didn't give their running game a chance, especially in the early portion of the game, and then would go down a couple scores, and then all of a sudden the running game would get prioritized on one drive, which again, like I mentioned with my first key for this game, it just does not make a whole lot of sense from a pure football standpoint. So I think that this needs to be a game where Marshawn Lloyd, Juju McDowell, and Christian Bill Smith are having to constantly rotate out because of how much those guys are involved in this offense. I think that you need to try to get Lloyd and Juju out to the edge. I think that Christian Bill Smith, it's about time that you know he starts getting some snaps and some carries. I mean, again, he transferred from Wake Forest to South Carolina for a reason because I would assume that he probably was told that he could get a lot of playing time here. He was going to kind of get looked at as sort of the 1B to Lloyd being 1A in this running back rotation. We haven't seen that so far. Now, of course, he was hurt at the beginning of the season, and in the Arkansas game, he was probably never going to go out there and get like 15, 25 snaps, and of course... 
Juju and Lloyd are both very talented backs, but I think that this has to be a game where if you're going to get Christian Bill Smith more involved in this offense, this is a game where you've got to start prioritizing that. Get all three of these guys involved, get them all a bunch of carries, and just try to ground and pound early on in this game. Now, again, Try to bounce it out with the passing game, but you need to find a balance of some sort because it just feels like that hasn't been the case with this offense between their passing game and the rushing attack the last couple of weeks. The final key for this game for South Carolina, you got to get back on track in terms of fundamentals on the defensive side of the ball. Now, again, no one is going to say that they've got it easy right now. They had five stars that were out against Georgia this past Saturday. There was some news that broke Thursday evening that Darius Rush, one of South Carolina's starting cornerbacks, and David Spaulding, who is essentially the top rotational nickelback on this team, right behind Cam Smith or Marcel Style, depending on whoever's starting there, neither of those guys are going to be able to play in this game. So once again, you're probably going to see more than just Nick Emmon worry out of that freshman group in the secondary that's going to be playing some significant snaps. And again, you know, Stone Blanton, he might still not be able to play. Cam Smith, as of this moment, is still questionable. Alex Boogie Huntley at this point is still questionable. So the point being is there's a lot of guys that are expected to be big contributors for this team this year that are not playing right now. And I understand that's not an easy set of circumstances to deal with. But against Georgia, there was too many small fundamental errors that were made by a lot of different guys. Now, again, with the freshmen, you can understand that. It's going to happen, especially against a team like Georgia that has that much talent and has a really, really good offensive coordinator in Todd Munkin. I don't think he gets enough credit for the game he called against the Gamecocks this past Saturday in certain aspects. But... Tackling is not something that needs to be taught in college. Tackling is something that you've been doing your entire football career. It's something that at this point you ought to be pretty sound with. But it seems like that that has not really been the case for South Carolina's defense the last couple of weeks for one reason or another. Of course, when you get tired because you can't get off the field on third down, then those little intricacies of tackling are going to take a drop off because obviously you're not going to have the energy to do every single little minute thing in order to be able to get a guy to the ground. Again, tackling is all about leverage, sort of where you hit the guy and of course driving your legs and being able to wrap around with both your arms. South Carolina just hasn't done that enough the last couple weeks. I think they have missed 66 tackles collectively between the Arkansas and Georgia games. And again, yes, they were facing some really good offenses in both those games. Not denying that. They've got a lot going on the injury side of things. I'm not denying that. But this defense has got to do better in terms of their fundamentals. You've got to do that in this game against Charlotte. Charlotte does have some good players. Quarterback Chris Reynolds is a baller back there. Grant DuBose is a baller at wide receiver. And there's a couple other guys behind him who are pretty solid group of five receivers in their own right. So this is not going to be an easy game if you're on the edge or in this secondary. And Charlotte's probably going to feel like that they got a chance to maybe expose some of the youth and experience a little bit with the guys they got. So you better rally to the football. You better tackle. You better have multiple guys that are meeting up with the ball carrier. Do those little things right in this game. Make sure you're communicating. Make sure you got your coverages down. Do the little things right because this defense could be so much better than what it has been in the last couple of weeks. So that is the last key for South Carolina in this football game. Now, what are my final thoughts on how this game is going to play out and what do I think the final score is going to be? I'll get into all of that in just a couple moments after a word 
from the sponsors. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Welcome back to the final segment of this Friday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your team every single day in just 30 minutes. All right, so... I've talked about my main external factor in this game, and I've talked about my three keys to this game for South Carolina. Now, what do I think is going to happen? Well, here's what I will say. I think that South Carolina is going to win this game convincingly. I'm not going to beat around the bush with this. I think that South Carolina, I believe the spread right now is 22, 23 points, depending on where you look. I think South Carolina is going to cover this spread. I think South Carolina is going to win by a final score of 45 to 17. I do think that Charlotte is going to give South Carolina's defense a little bit of a scare at the start of this game. I will not be surprised if Chris Reynolds has some success in terms of scrambling outside the pocket. The defensive line, not trying to single anybody out specifically, but there have been some issues in terms of contain, and quite frankly, they got put on scale a few times this past weekend against Stetson Bennett. Now, Chris Reynolds, you know, he might not be the passer that Stetson Bennett is, but honestly, some real similar parallels between both of their careers. Chris Reynolds is a fifth-year senior for the Charlotte 49ers. He is a decent athlete who can roll out of the pocket, but will continue to look down the field to try to find an open man. He is only around five foot eleven, but he's got a solid arm. And while he might not be always the most accurate in terms of making off-platform throws, he can make throws on the run, and he's going to at least give his receiver a chance more often than not to make a solid grab. So, South Carolina's defense, they cannot take this team lightly. They cannot rest on their laurels and go, oh, thank God, we're not playing an SEC team this week. You cannot do that against this Charlotte offense. Now, I do think that Charlotte's offensive line can be exploited in terms of their pass blocking. I have heard that their offensive tackle situation is not exactly the most ideal. They've had some penalty issues on both edges, which tells me that they're not exactly the greatest in terms of defending maybe some speed rushers. So, Gilbert Edmond and Jordan Birch, those two guys ought to have a field day on Saturday night. They both, in my opinion, should at least get a sack or two each individually. So overall, I think that Charlotte can keep things interesting for, you know, the first quarter and a little ways into the second quarter. But I think by halftime, South Carolina will have around a 10-point lead, maybe 13-point lead. And of course, you know, people look at the scoreboard and they'll go, oh, geez, South Carolina's not up by much on Charlotte. But it's going to be a case, in my opinion, where South Carolina's going to start pulling away in the second quarter, and then in the third quarter, they'll just, you know, really start to showcase their talent advantage that they have. And the fact that, you know, this game is probably going to be a time of possession advantage for the Gamecocks will really start to take effect as the 49ers like to throw the ball a lot, which means, of course, you know, there's a good chance that not as much time will be taken off the clock because of incompletions. So, Point being, I think that this is just going to be a war of attrition that Charlotte just cannot withstand throughout the course of this football game. I think that South Carolina is going to pull away. I think that they will win this game convincingly. I think that some fans will probably like to see more than 45 points. I do think that's something that they could potentially do, but I just think that 45 seems to be the number 
for this football game. So what are your final overall thoughts on this matchup? Do you think South Carolina is going to win convincingly? Or do you think that Charlotte could make this more of a ball game than maybe I think they will? What are your keys to the game? Is there something that I didn't mention on today's show that you think should have been brought up? I want to hear all of y'all's thoughts, as always, down below in the comments section if you're watching today's show on YouTube. And of course, if you're listening to this show on an audio podcast app, wherever you get your podcasts daily, you can also feel free to shoot me a message at a line underscore SC on Twitter. I try to be as responsive as I can, as quickly as I can, as I go through the day. So feel free to send me a message there if you want to ask me any questions or anything thoughts about the upcoming game and also if you want to get more news on the entire sec conference go check out chris gordy over on locked on sec he does a lot of great work over there covering all 14 sec teams in just 30 minutes of course with the assistance of some of the local team experts of locked on that cover sec football programs so once again be sure to make locked on sec your second listen after of course the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. But once again, y'all, that does it for me on today's show. I hope that y'all have a great rest of your Friday, a fantastic weekend. And for those of you who are going to be at the football game, be safe out there. Don't do anything crazy, okay? I'll catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.